The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. In the lead up to Christmas, our podcast is brought to you by Woolworths. Whether you're looking for the perfect ham, beautiful fresh cherries or your favourite seafood, Woolworths has everything picked for Christmas. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Monday the 2nd of December. In your squeeze today, fallout from the London Bridge terror attack. Timothy Weeks speaks about his time as a prisoner of the Taliban. The measles crisis in Samoa. And cats have all the feels. This is your squeeze today. Starting in London, where on Friday afternoon, 28-year-old Usman Khan was attending a prisoner rehabilitation conference. It was there clear that he stabbed five people before moving on to London Bridge, where members of the public were able to wrestle him to the ground. Two of those stabbed were killed. Let's start with what we know of the victims. The victims are Jack Merritt. He was a 25-year-old Cambridge graduate and Saskia Jones. She was 23. Both were involved in a prisoner rehabilitation program at Cambridge University and they, along with Khan, had been attending that conference where the attack was launched. It's an attack that's been claimed by Islamic State, Claire, but what do we know about Usman Khan? We know that he had been in prison. Uh, He was convicted in 2012 of plotting an attack on the London Stock Exchange. He'd also set up a jihadist training camp in Pakistan, which is where his parents were from. He was sentenced to 16 years imprisonment, but he was released early under supervision. And it's that part of it that seems to be uh, where things are going to be really focused on this week, how on earth he could have been released and how he was able to launch that attack is something that people are talking a lot about. The Ministry of Justice there has launched an urgent review of the system that has seen 74 offenders convicted of terrorism-related offences released back into the community. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, has spoken about this. He said that, this is a quote, he absolutely deplores the fact that this man was out on the streets and we're going to take action against it. Usman Khan was shot dead by police at the scene. Timothy Weeks is the Australian man who was held captive by the Taliban in Afghanistan for three and a half years before his release last week. Yesterday, he spoke to media in Sydney, Claire. Timothy Weeks said that he felt no animosity towards his guards. He said that he didn't hate them. Uh, The 50-year-old, of course, was captured by the Taliban at gunpoint in 2016. He was teaching at that time at the Afghanistan University in Kabul. He was released a couple of weeks ago with uh, 63-year-old American Kevin King as part of a prisoner swap that was negotiated by the US and the Afghanistan government. He also thanked the Australian government for their part in securing his release. He said that at times he thought death was imminent, but he never lost hope. And we've spoken of Australian citizen Young Hun Jen at various points throughout this year. He's an academic writer and had a profile in China as a blogger advocating for democratic reforms. He's been in detention in China since January, Claire. Supporters of Yang have expressed growing concerns for his safety and his well-being. His Australian-based lawyer, Rob Starry, said that he believes that Yang is being shackled by his wrists and ankles and is being subjected to daily interrogations. There's been quite a bit of concern since he was detained that the conditions that he's being held in, particularly the isolation that he's had from his family and from any legal representation, is a real problem. Yeah, the last time our government commented publicly on Dr Yang was back in September when Foreign Minister Maurice Payne said that they were pressing Beijing to ensure Yang had basic standards of justice. 
And it's the final sitting week of federal parliament. Claire, one thing to watch this week is a government bill that's designed to make it easier to deregister trade unions and officials. After a surprise defeat in the Senate last week, they'll be having another crack at this one. They're going to have another go at that. They'll reintroduce that plan this week. Uh, Lots of talks will no doubt happen with Pauline Hanson and Jackie Lambie. They're two senators who really surprised the government by siding with Labor to knock back that bill last week. So that's something to look out for. Uh, Also on the agenda this week and more talks with Jackie Lambie is the government's plan to repeal the Medivac laws that sees asylum seekers from Manus Island and Nauru brought to Australia for medical treatment. That's something that they want to deal with this week. Uh, Also, uh, just to update, is that the religious freedom bill that the coalition were pushing along has been put on the back burner. Uh, Faith-based groups have told the government they have concerns about what's being drafted, so the government will do some more work on that before looking at introducing it to the parliament next year. And in Samoa, the measles continue to be a huge problem. The country's Ministry of Health is saying the number of suspected cases of measles has more than doubled over the past week. It's now at 3,580. The death toll is currently at 48. 44 of those uh, are children under the age of four. Really, really sad scenes. Samoa was very vulnerable to an outbreak of the measles. It has a vaccination coverage of just 31%. uh, But since the state of emergency, was declared in Samoa and a vaccination program kicked off in late November. Another 60,000 people have since been vaccinated, they say. And in sport, David Warner was the name on everyone's lips over the weekend. He scored a triple century against Pakistan at the Adelaide Test. I hadn't been following the cricket that closely. I did a double take when I saw that he had scored 335 runs not out. Just incredible. He's surpassed Sir Donald Bradman's greatest ever Test score of 334. uh, and Just got there. Just got there and is the 10th highest individual score in the history of Test cricket. So an incredible effort. He's had a colourful couple of years, um, but certainly the hero of this test. And a new study shows cats do have facial expressions. It's actually we humans that are bad at reading them. It's <laughs> Look, our problem. Cats, I think, are just a closed book, full stop. You only have to see their behaviour, let alone their facial expressions about how withholding they can be. <laughs> but as you know, Kate, I have a French bulldog and they have a similarly flat face True, and I yeah. reckon I can read. Tucker's expressions quite well but well you know know. each other very well well and he's a people pleaser so you know he's (laughs) he's rather easy to read but it all goes to our subject line today I've got Mariah Carey's you've got me feeling emotions because apparently cats do they do have emotions and finally podcasters if there's one thing you can do for us as we head towards Christmas it's to give us your feedback I've included a link to a survey in your episode notes which you can find in Apple Podcasts by clicking the little purple text under the episode that says details this survey is open for one week and if you do complete it you'll go in the draw to win a Sparrow Designs bag worth $600 these bags are a great friend of the squeeze we love them they're not only beautiful but they're designed for the busy woman to go from the gym to the office to drinks their hashtag life in a bag sums it up really if you're a bloke listening no judgment if you'd like one for yourself but it would also make a pretty good (laughs) christmas gift for a lady in your life so please head into your episode notes click on the survey link it'll take you about five minutes to tell us what you think about our podcasts i think that is all from us today claire anything else 
No, have a good day. Have a good start to summer. Thanks for listening as always and we will chat to you tomorrow. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP. Thank you.